isn't it amazing that one, when one piece of the body's not here, how much different it makes it? I want you to know that it's the same with you. No matter what you are doing, no matter what your part is, the body is affected when you're not here. Amen? When you're not here in spirit, when you're not here in body, when you're not here in your mind. But we certainly do lift up Pastor Stephen and, and Lee. Y'all are coming to the picnic? Come out to the picnic. It's a time of fellowship. It's a time of eating. It's just a great time to swim and to sit under a shade shade tree and just have a big time to continue to bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. Amen. How about that word? If y'all weren't here at second service last week, Paul Wilbur, right in the middle of worship, just started prophesying and we were able to get that written down and we listened to it Wednesday night. But I certainly wanted first service to get a chance to hear him say it and to see the words spoken over this church. The seeds that you have planted, the seeds that have been in the ground that we've been waiting for them to come up, it's time. He said, now it springs up. Now it springs up. And we're right in the middle of seed time right now. And how important it is that we get seed in the ground. Do you remember last week I told y'all that you can't get tomatoes unless you plant tomato seeds? You're just not going to get them. You can keep on going out into your yard, into your garden, and pray over it and have a service over it and lay hands on it. But if... Tomato seeds are not in the ground. You're not getting tomatoes. Amen. So we don't want to be looking for something for God to do with us not doing the part that he's told us to do. When we do that part, then we can hold God to it. God likes to be held accountable because he's faithful. You know, God likes to be reminded. Why do you think he's given us his word? So that we can know it and we know what to expect from him. And we can remind him. Did you know that he was going to wipe out the children of Israel? And Moses said, wait a minute. You said this. You said you were going to save them. What will everybody say if you said you're going to save them? And then you don't. You just wipe them out. Even though he told Moses, I'll start a whole new nation with just you. Moses said, wait a minute. And what did God do? He turned. God likes to be reminded God, do you remember that my covenant is this? When I'm having trouble with my kids, my seed shall possess the gates of the enemy. You know what promise that is? That's a promise to Abraham. And Galatians tells us that we are one of Abraham's. So I have that promise. You know, my, my dad's my dad's promises are my promise. My father's promises are my promises. When my dad benefits, I benefit. Are you here? I know it's kind of hard to get going. We as a worship team, it kind of takes us a couple times to get going. We need some uh, fire thrown on us sometimes. But you know what? It's, it's time to get excited. It doesn't, you don't have to wait until 930 to get excited. You don't have to wait until your third cup of coffee to feel like you can get going. Who needs breakthrough? We are believing over the next 40 days for breakthrough. And I'm telling you, it's coming. It's been prophesied. It's been spoken at intercessory prayer. It's coming. I feel it in my spirit. It's coming. If we will diligently seek him. Amen. All right. We started last week. We've started this journey. 
to Seed Sunday. Seed Sunday is September 12th. We've got a big building program here in this church. And you know, all it's doing is just confirming in me is that we need reason to exercise our faith. God gives us reason to exercise our faith and we need a place to get our faith to work. And one of the biggest ways is with our money. And you remember I told you last week that over thousands of times is money mentioned in the Bible. Yet so many times in church, we hear the word money. And it's like, eh, don't want to hear it. Jesus talked on it as much as he talked on any other subject. So why would we want to leave that out? The love of money is the root of all evil. But listen, everybody in this whole room has got money. We have to deal with it. We have to live with it. We have to learn to handle it in our minds and in our families and in our church. But God says, if you'll handle it right, I'll bless it. If you'll do what I've said to do with it, you'll have more than enough to to get around. Plus, you'll be able to bless others with what you have. If you don't, you won't be able to bless anybody and you won't even be able to bless yourself. There'll never be enough if you don't do it his way. But today we're going to be talking real quickly about debt. And it's pretty basic. I just want us to get a good grip on debt. We all have it. We all deal with it. But the Bible does not say that using debt is sin. But it discourages it. Debt is money or possessions to which one is obligated to pay to another. Debt includes money owed to banks, owed to friends, owed to relatives, credit card companies, and finance companies. But what does scripture say about debt? Number one, it says that debt is discouraged. If you'll look, Romans, I'm going to go very quickly, so don't even turn. Romans 13, 8. Let no debt remain outstanding. It's important. Let these scriptures sink in. Download it. Debt is one of our worst things in our nation it has got us so bound up that we can't be happy with ourselves. we can't be happy in our marriages we can't be happy at work we can't be happy with our kids we can't be happy at church because of debt did you know that debt is considered slavery it says in proverbs 22 verse 7 The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. We do not have full freedom to decide where to spend our income when we are consumed or when we have obligated ourselves with debt. Do you get that? We lose the freedom of being able to spend our money where we want when we are obligated by debt. In the Old Testament... Debt was a curse. Sorry, I got too many clicks. Debt was a curse for disobedience. Deuteronomy 28, a couple verses here. If you do not obey the Lord your God, all these curses will come upon you. The alien who lives among you will rise above you higher and higher. He will lend to you, but you will not lend to him. I'm just picking scriptures out. But on the flip side, it's a curse for disobedience. It is freedom. Freedom from debt was a reward. 
It says in that same chapter, verses 1 and 2 and verse 12, if you obey the Lord, all these blessings will come to you. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. Y'all know these scriptures? These are the scriptures that we all want to want to quote, want to remember. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. The key scriptures are, are what leads into the blessings and the curses. If you obey, blessing. If you do not obey, curses. Debt presumes on the future. What do you mean? When we get into debt, we assume that we will earn enough income in the future to pay that debt. And did you know that the Bible discourages presumption? When we go into debt, what are we saying? I have enough money to make this work. How many have done that on buying a house? And then you get three payments into it and it's like, oh, Lord, what have I done? And there's no no getting out of that. You can put a for sale sign in your yard, but that doesn't mean it's going to sell. Can anybody say amen to that? There are houses in our neighborhood that have been for sale for two and a half years, three years. Can you imagine being in a desperate financial situation and your house won't sell? I'd say many of you could. I'd say many of you have gone through that. Debt presumes on the future. James chapter 4 verse 13 says, You who say today or tomorrow we will go this to, to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why do you even know what will happen tomorrow? Why do you not even know what will happen tomorrow? I'm sorry. I'm just scatterbrained here. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and also do this or that. Why will you do not? Why you why you do you? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will. We will live and also do this or that. It also says in scripture that we are to repay what is borrowed. Psalm 37 verse 21 says the wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Who are the ones that don't repay? The wicked. God's people should pay their debt as promptly as. As they can do not withhold good from those that deserve it when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back later. I'll give it tomorrow when you have it with you. How easy is that to hold off on your bills? Even though you have it. But how many knows if you'll go ahead and pay it, what kind of freedom there is, even if you can't buy what's at the store in the next five minutes, knowing you've paid that bill. Gives you, gives you a peace and a freedom that you're not going to get even when you go out and you buy that thing that you want. I, I guarantee you, you will regret buying that. But there are some factors that lead to debt. Number one is lack of knowledge. Most people are not trained in how to handle God's, 
God, handle your money God's way. Why? Because the church doesn't teach it. We're afraid to teach it. We're afraid you're going to take it as though we're trying to pull at your pockets and, and get all your money here in the church. Let me tell you, God is in control of this church. But the key to your blessing starts, I believe, with your money. Why does the Lord say to deal with your first fruits? Right away, give your first fruits. Because if you don't, if you wait to the end, they're not going to be there. Or you're going to use all the good ones and give the bad ones. Give your first fruits. Get it out of the way so that the seed's in the ground. And so you can trust God to meet the need that you have. Are you trusting God when you hold your tithe and wait to see if you have it at the end? That's not trust. That's not trust at all. God, if I have enough, I'll give. God says, no, give. And I'll see to it that you have enough. What's another factor leads to debt? Lack of planning and discipline. So many people purchase impulsively because they have no written plan or budget to ensure that they don't exceed their income. Please don't think I'm slapping hands. I I can't. You hear the word budget and it's like. That that, budget's the, the devil, mama. Budget's not the devil. Budget's good. Number three, indulgence. Some people spend in an attempt to satisfy their fleshly desires. How many have gotten sad or had something bad happen and you want to go shop? Want to go spend some money? You know what? It does feel good for a minute until it comes through on your check card or your bank balance. and Then it's like, uh-oh. And then finally, is circumstances that lead to debt. Sometimes when unexpected emergencies happen, such as an illness or a loss of a job. And you know what? So you, can't ha- you can't help that. Sometimes you can't help being sick. Sometimes you can't help losing a job. Sometimes you can't help our basement flooding when we're on vacation. We don't see it coming. It just happens. That poor water heater, it was just its time. 14 years old. But let me give you several steps on how to get out of debt. Anybody want to hear that? How to get out of debt. Number one. Pray. These 40 days of prayer, if you're in debt, let me tell you, God wants you out of debt. Put that on your list. Does debt have control of you? Pray about it. God says that you'll be the lender, not the borrower. Pray. Give it to God. Second Kings chapter four, verse one. There's a widow who was threatened with losing her children, losing everything that she had to her creditor. And she went to Elisha for help. That's the first step. She went for help. She went to the man of God. She went to the prophet and said, Elisha, what do I do? And what did he say? He said, go around to everybody, you know, I kind of see that as my church body. Those are the people that I know that I feel like will help me. Maybe my friends, maybe my work. Give me every jar you got. Do you have any empty jars? We've just had to empty out our entire basement. And Elizabeth has all these mason jars for canning. And I've got to move those jars three or four times. What a blessing. But you got jars and you got empty jars. How many of you got empty jars in your house? He said, get every jar you can. 
And the woman says, what do you have? She said, well, I got a little bit of oil. Perfect. Go get every jar you can get and start pouring that oil into it. And out of that little jar of oil, she filled every jar that she could get her hands on. And when she had filled every jar, it stopped flowing. Now, I want you to catch something. When God moves in your life, he moves through what you've got. That that seed that you've got to plant that you don't think you're going to make it, he knows what you've got. That situation you've got at work where you're just doing the right things, but you're not seeing any results, or you've got an opportunity to do the right thing, and it may cost you, God sees that. He's going to use the situations that he has. He's going to use the materials that he has. You know, with Moses, he said, Moses, I'm going to, you're going to lead my people out of Egypt. Moses stuttered, and he's like, what? I can't speak. You want me? Why me? And God says, what do you have? You remember, I think Paul Wilbur even said it this last weekend. Moses said, well, I got this stick. That'll do. That's what I need. When he healed the bitter waters where the women couldn't get pregnant, what happened? They threw a twig into the water. It's what they had. You do not have to wait for some big rainbow with a pot of gold at the end of the end of it to start moving in God's way. Use what you have. Start where you are. The same God who provided for the widow is interested in helping us become free from debt. The most important step is to pray and to seek the Lord's help and guidance. Next, start giving regularly. Start giving regularly. I'm not going to spend much time here. My last message in this finances will be on giving, I believe. But it says, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. And pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Do we trust God? Bring the tithe into the, into the storehouse. And trust God. Test me now in this and see that I won't provide for you. Do you hear that? Let's go quickly through these last few. Next, getting out of debt. Stop borrowing. Accumulate no new debt. Stop. Next. Budget. Do you know that Elizabeth and my finances did not truly get turned around until we started budgeting? And you know what? We've budgeted and stopped budgeted and we'd start hemorrhaging again and then we'd start again. Stop the bleeding. You know what? One of the greatest things that a budget did for us is it showed us we weren't making enough to make ends meet, even on a budget. Well, praise God. That's information God needs to know. That's information that if God's going to bless me, I need to know it so he can continue to bless me. Why would he keep blessing me if I've got a leak? Why bless something where it's getting lost out the back end? The Lord says, find out what you got, and then I'll start blessing you. Take care of what, you, what I've given you, even if you're coming up short. 
Start where you are and take care of what I've given you, and I'll start blessing that. But you just let it go. I'm not going to bless that. We did. We had to make decisions. Next, set up an emergency account. You know, Larry Burkett, I don't know if you follow him at all, but he's a uh, Christian financial planner, and he says to save at least $1,000. Dave Ramsey says to save three to six months of your salary. How many knows you need an emergency account? Kids break a tooth or break an arm or go into the emergency room or your basement floods or you wreck your car and you've got a thousand dollar deductible or, you know, your sump pump. Anybody got one of those? Got a basement with a bathroom in it where the we won't have to draw a picture, but goes out. Emergency account. Next, list your assets. Know what you have. Determine if you should sell anything in order to help uh, uh, debt reduction. Proverbs 27, verse 3. Everybody uses this in church, but listen to this. Be sure you know the condition of what you got. Your flocks are what you got. In a church, the flocks are the sheep. It's what we're to pay attention to, but it's also the facility, and it's what we've got. It's our assets. But for you, it's your car. It's your... It's your clothes. It's what you got. Know what you've got and give careful attention to it. Are you with me? List your liabilities. Know what your debts are. How many of you have debts that you don't even know you have? And let me tell you, let's, let's just, I'm out of time. Next is establish a debt repayment schedule. Does it feel like it's a teaching session? Does it feel like we're in school? Psalm 37. Verse 21, the wicked borrow and do not repay. We've already seen this, but the righteous give generously. Many creditors are willing to work with you. Did you know that most creditors will take partial payment if you'll just give them something? And it'll kind of take the heat off of you for a few weeks. Give them something. Show them that you want to pay. And you know, Dave Ramsey talks about taking the smallest debt and put all your money toward that and pay that off. Or your highest interest rate. Do you have credit card debt? Don't answer that question. Get it paid off. Stop borrowing on your credit card. Credit cards being left to accumulate interest is demonic. Eighteen, twenty percent interest. Stop that. Stop adding to it. Start paying that one off. Are you with me? And when you get the smallest one paid off, take that money and start putting it on to the next one. Listen to Dave Ramsey. He gets, uh, there's a lot of good things that he has to say and getting out of debt is one of them. Here's a revelation for you. Guys, I think my battery's dead. Earn more money. Many people hold jobs that just do not produce enough income to meet their needs if they spend wisely. They need to earn additional income to stay out of debt. Can you all just click it for me? Reduce spending. Consider a radical change in your lifestyle. You want to get out of debt, you're going to have to change. And it hurts. It's painful. But it's, it's one of those kind of painfuls. It's like when you work out. 
you know, when you're doing it, when you're in the middle of it, it's painful. But when you're done, you feel good. When you change your life and you start to take care of the things that you have, there's something in you that feels good. And you feel like, you know what, I can do the next step. I can get out of it. Let's go to the next one. Romans 12, 1 says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and the brethren and the brothers in the view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Next verse. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and perfect will. We want to see this only as spiritual. This applies to every area of our life. Every area. Don't conform to the world's pattern. Be transformed. Change. Where you are struggling with sin or with spending or with gluttony. Change. And finally, don't give up. Don't give up. Even if it feels like Lucy keeps pulling that football out of your way. Don't give up. It's easy. It's same thing with dieting for you to go two or three months and do good and then blow it. Or you get a tax check and it's like, woohoo. And you go and you spend your thousand dollars, but you add on another two or three hundred. Your blessing has just become a curse. Your situation has just gotten worse because of your tax check. I know you do this. I've done it. Don't give up. When is debt acceptable? And I'll close with this. Scripture is silent when it says that about debt being acceptable. But in some cases, it's permissible. You, you will see that some will say it's okay to borrow when you're uh, starting a business. Maybe a home mortgage. Or maybe your education for your vocation. But if you will use some real quick de- uh, guidelines. Number one. Make debt the exception, not the rule. Plan to repay what is borrowed as soon as possible and create a written payment plan. And then finally, let's see, did I have this last one? Cosigning. What is cosigning? You know what? It's going to the bank and borrowing money and giving it to somebody else. Hoping that they'll repay you for it. Or hoping that they'll pay the bank. What does the Bible say about cosigning? It says it's poor judgment to cosign another's note. To become responsible for his debts. We have enough trouble being responsible for our own. Don't cosign. Don't cosign. If you have, pray and give it to the Lord and get it paid off. Don't tell your person you've co-signed before you've paid it off because then they'll just walk scot-free from it. But you pay it off. Get that note out from under you. It's in your name, not theirs. Seed Sunday is coming up. It's September 12th, and I want to encourage you. What are we believing for? We're believing for a building for this place to grow, but really, that's not. it's not going to happen that way. The breakthrough's got to come in you. What are you believing for? Are you believing for your finances to turn around? Are you believing for health in your body? Are you believing for your kids? Are you believing for your marriage? God says he wants you to believe in him. 
this 40 days of prayer and fasting is a turning of our hearts from not believing in God to believing in God for those things that we just see, see as unsurmountable. Scripture says, if we will say to the mountain that stands in our way, be removed now and cast in the sea, that if you will believe those things that you say in your heart, you will have whatever you say. But do you see, without the saying, it doesn't get done. Get it down. Pray. What is prayer? Prayer is speaking to God. It is speaking according to His will. Seeking Him as our provider. Not the world. Not our job. Not our retirement account. Not our savings account. God. Take these 40 days and start now. We only have a little bit less than that. Start now. God's a God of start now. Do you remember when he hired the workers to labor and the first one that got paid the same as the last? God's a God of you. If you'll just start right where you are right now. I got you. Start now. Father, we just come this morning and Lord, I just plead the blood of Jesus over us. And Lord, over debt, and Lord, as, as it tends to want to get uh, a little heavy in here, Lord, debt is a heaviness on our church. Debt, now, our church is debt-free, but debt is a heaviness on the body. It's a heaviness on our city. It's a heaviness on your people. Lord, I ask you for us to learn to trust you, to help us to trust you. And Lord, that we would conform to your word and be debt free. Father, in my household, I desire to be debt free. I know that everyone here under the sound of my voice desires to be debt free. Help us to be diligent over what you've given us. And Lord, help us to hear your voice in knowing what seed to plant. Help us, Lord. Give us breakthrough over these 40 days. Lord, I'm believing for a lot of big stuff. Lord, I need you. I ask you to come through according to your word. Is that you today? Have you got some such big things that you just don't see how even the Lord could make that, make that way for you? I want to encourage you to start your 40 days by coming down and letting us pray with you. I'll pray with you. I'll lay hands on you. And I'll believe with you over these 40 days. But it's time to step up and to give it to God and to be transformed according to Him, not according to the world. Would everybody stand up with us? We're just going to sing a quick song. And if you need prayer, if you need somebody to help you start, if you need prayer for healing, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, step out this morning and let us pray with you. Well, those that are praying, go ahead and come forward. And we would love to pray with you this morning.